Blessings and love everyone. This is Monique from A Date with Destiny podcast. Okay, and I just want to hop on here and share with you all a Bible reading plan that I'm currently reading. I love Bible reading plans and you could download, they have so much out there. You could download each one, you know, from any, from the app store and um, different, it's by different authors. Okay, different authors write each one and um, it just helps you to draw closer and closer to God and also to know God's word on a deeper level. It's just deepening your relationship with God when you go on a Bible reading plan. It keeps you um, consistent in, in God's word also, you know, following that reading plan. So that's our goal for the reading plan. And we're going to start with Genesis in the beginning. And so this author This is what she writes about. And so first God's word says in Genesis 1 and 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it goes on to say, every time I read the creation story, I love to imagine what each stage of creation might have looked like. Remember slide projectors? That's how I see the story, one slide at a time. So just picture it. The Trinity is together. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit hover over the darkness, over the empty, formless mass called Earth. In an instant, light appears, and then oceans, and then plant life, and then animals. There's great promise in the book of Genesis. So much hope and promise. And she says, may I share a secret with you? I've not always been a fan of beginnings. Creation is an exception because I know what lies ahead. However, new seasons in my adventure with the Lord are unformed, unknown, and uncertain. And she said, these uns used to leave her paralyzed with the spirit of fear powerless to enjoy adventure maybe you can relate we can have confidence in every new beginning in our lives in the book of the beginning he is an expert in bringing beauty and order to all the uns that leave us fearful to embrace the genesis that he sets before us So know that the same God who created the whole entire world in splendor created you and me for great works. When we sense his hovering, let's grip the genesis of the new season with confidence. And there's a prayer that says, Lord, help me to be a beginner embracer. New beginnings give me an opportunity to trust you. I want my faith to grow and beginnings are part of the growth. In Jesus' name, amen. And, you know, as a question, we can, you know, write down in your quiet time in your journal, how can you show God that you trust him with all the uns 
in your life. And that was day one. Now let's go to day two. Well, where it talks about the topic is marriage matters. And this author, that is what she had named it. And so her name is Krista. And so in Genesis 2 24, all right, so it says that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is untied and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. So Genesis 1 records God's wisdom and power as he speaks the, the, the world into existence. Um, Genesis 2 records God's love for humanity as he tenderly forms man with his hands and personally breathes life into him. Then God placed man in a luxurious garden and gave him meaningful work. God knew it was not good for man to be alone. So he made a suitable helper woman, God's first love gift to man. And so the author goes on to say that we all know men and women are different, but they are also more alike than anything in creation. God made a woman to be a man's ideal counterpart in this world. And so when Adam saw her, he burst forth in praise, saying, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, according to Genesis 2 verses 23. I think like Adam, like what he saw. And so there in the perfect garden, marriage had its beginning, God specifically and intentionally created and established marriage to be between one man and a woman. And that's why it says in Genesis 2.24 that this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And so what do scripture's first words about marriage teach us? Well, there should be a priority to the marriage relationship which means leaving our parents and becoming one to, to, to who God ordained you to be with okay marriage is it's not a game you know it's it, it's actually a, a covenant you know it should be permanent because you know hold fast means to cling cleave and and keep close you know so that's why when you know, trying to be out there and want to choose a mate on your own, you know, it's really better that you wait on God, you know, to really make sure that that is who God have for you, okay? Because this is a permanent thing. It's, it, it, it's covenant. Marriage is ministry. And, you know, God takes this very seriously. So it's just best to wait on the one who God has for you and you will know that that person is the one when God reveal it in your spirit and you have the peace about it and God reveals it in their spirit and they have the peace about it too so you will definitely know and so there should be also a oneness in marriage one man one woman one flesh and there should be openness and purity in marriage as well you know, so, you know, like 
you're waiting actually really waiting on God you know um, for a mate and so you're trying to keep yourself pure keeping your mind pure your conversations pure everything about you pure okay and that and the other individual should be doing the same thing as well to keep himself pure okay until when God join you two together because that's how really it's supposed to be you know so just keeping yourself pure for marriage and so you know the bible lets us know that adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame in genesis 2 25 and so they had nothing to hide you know no barriers between them you know there are god's standards for marriage and he is glorified when we embrace them and when we apply them and not only that but marriage is a, is a picture of the relationship between christ and the church and so they apply to our relationship with him as well and so here is a prayer and it says dear lord i thank you that from the very beginning you establish and set the standards for marriage help me to remember and embrace these truths so my marriage when that time comes will glorify you in jesus name amen and so you could just think on these thoughts married or single for the believer christ is our bridegroom how could you implement these standards in your relationship with christ and moving on to day three okay and the author names this the title is the enemy's tactic against you all right so genesis 3 you could read the whole of genesis chapter 3 and so genesis 3 and 1 says that now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the lord god had made and he said to the woman did god really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden adam and eve are coming off of an amazing scene at the end of genesis 2 where we find this man and his wife naked without any shame at all just imagine that they were completely themselves without feeling the need to hide or cover up one single thing physically or emotionally there were no feelings of insecurity fear worry inadequacy or regret of any kind so what in the world could the enemy use as a tactic to tempt eve when she was living in such absolute perfection she had it all you know everything you know was was there for them everything was there you know what he did the enemy he used four words he used these four words to eve and saying did god really say that's what he said did god really say maybe you haven't had that enemy slither up 
and saying in a, in, in, in a form of a serpent and speaking those words out loud but I bet he's whispered those type of words to you you know after all that enemies the greatest desire is he just wants to separate us from God that's all what it is to separate us from God and he will start that process the minute he separate us from God's word with Eve the enemy misquotes God in an attempt to make God look like overly restricting you know like did God really say you you must not eat from any tree in the garden but that's not what God said at all God actually spoke great freedom when referring to the trees. In Genesis 2 verses 16 and 17, we find the true instruction God gave. And this is what God had said, that you are free. Listen to, to what this is what God's saying. And this that's how the enemy tried to twist up things. That's all what he wants to do is twist the word of God. God's word he said God said to them that you are free to eat from any tree in the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil God pointed out the tree to them he he said the name of the tree that you're not supposed to eat from specific instructions that's what God does he gives us specific instructions he's saying it right there clear as day to them you are free to eat from any tree in the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat of it you will certainly die this is the words what god had said to adam and eve okay and the enemy always wants us to see god's word as as a burden instead of the blessing that it really is he said you're free to eat from any other tree in the garden but you must not eat from this specific tree and he named the tree he named it he will make you know the enemy will just make us you know try to get us all twisted in the mind and 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 have our thoughts distorted in all type of directions you know like we're not smart enough to study and understand God's word and it's impossible to to live out God's truth the devil is a liar the minute any of those thoughts just you know begin to pop in your head those wrong stinking thinking thoughts you have to recognize right then and there recognize who it is okay recognize that is not coming from God that is not coming from God's word that is coming from the enemy and recognize his lies that he tried to lure us in, into a trap 
but we have to recognize it immediately, immediately and shut it down when? Immediately. Don't entertain those thoughts because that's all what he wants us to do to keep on replaying over and over and over and over and over again and again no we have to shut it down in our minds immediately cast it down say oh no i see where this is going uh, 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 i'm not dwelling on this another minute Okay, I am not dwelling on this another second. I am not keeping thinking about this another second. Oh no, I'm going to switch. I'm going to change the channel in my mind. That's what we have to say. You know, I'm going to change the channel in my mind. That's right. I am not going to keep dwelling on this. I'm not going to watch this, this channel. I'm going to switch the channel. Flip the switch. And so... We have to do this because, you know, God's word is our greatest treasure. You're, you know, it's the, it brings about great joy when we dive into the word of God. And, and then, you know, opening up his word and letting his truth set us free. And here's a prayer that we can pray and say and dear god you know thank you thank you for the gift of your word i don't want to take for granted what a treasure it is to have access to a bible i commit to you that i will continue to read your word and give you my first thoughts each and every day remind me not to let the enemy ever trick me into being separated from you or your word I proclaim now through the power of your spirit in me that I do have time to read your word. I have a mind capable of studying and understanding your word and it is possible to live out the truths in your word. In Jesus name, amen. And so this is what we could all think on. Like what lie of the enemy do you need to claim victory over right now when it comes to reading and studying the word of God when it comes to whatever area in your life well just do it right now and dive into the word of God cast down right now in your mind whatever thoughts whatever it is that the enemy try to distort your mind with Okay, and combat that with the word of God, the living truth, because Jesus came to set us all free. And who the Son sets free, we know is free indeed. Day four of today's Bible reading plan still in the book of Genesis you could read Genesis chapter 4 for this for day 4 and the topic is offering your best uh, this author her name is Leah had wrote and so Genesis 4 verses 4 all right so it says that the Lord Look with favor on Abel and his offering, 
But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And so Cain and Abel were brothers and they were sons of Adam and Eve. Growing up in a small family, I'd imagine that they were best buddies, playmates, soul siblings, but all that had changed one day. Cain was a farmer and Abel was a shepherd. At harvest time, they were required to bring an offering unto the Lord and Cain brought a gift of farm produce. Abel brought the firstborn lamb of his flock along with fat portions that produced a savory sweet aroma unto the Lord. So with a holy nod of acceptance, Abel's offering was received, but Cain's offering was not. Instead of dropping to his knees in humility and repentance, Cain's face fell from the weight of rejection while a fiery rage burned within his belly. Why didn't God accept Cain's offering? Scripture doesn't directly tell us in Genesis chapter 4, but it does give a few clues. So, Cain gave a portion to God, but not the best of what he had. And his gift was offered out of a sense of obligation instead of reverence of the Lord. And so Cain's attitude was not one of remorse or repentance, but pride clouded his judgment and anger ruled his heart. Instead of admitting that he made a mistake, he completely denied it. So although Cain behaved badly, God in his great mercy had tried to warn Cain of what would happen if he didn't control the sin that raged within, according to Genesis 4 and 7. And so Cain didn't even respond to God. Instead, he allowed his anger and envy to take over, to simmer, and which quickly boiled over, resulting in the, the vicious murder of his own brother Abel. And so Cain would have to deal with the consequences for the rest of his life. And you can read that in Genesis 4 verses 12 through 14. You know, have you been offering your best to God? We can all say that to ourselves, you know, or is he getting our obligated leftovers? You know, are, are, are we giving from a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving? You know, our attitude when giving to the Lord matters greatly to him, maybe even more than the gifts itself. And so prayer that we can pray is, you know, dear Lord, please give me a humble heart that is filled with gratitude and thanksgiving. Remove any pride that is keeping me from offering you my very best in every area of my life, my time, my abilities, my finances, and my relationships and in every area of my life. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. And you know, we can think on this, like what would you do, you know, if someone suggested that you were wrong in a situation, would you try to correct the problem or deny it like Cain did? And moving on to day five, the author named Whitney 
um, call this need to please. And we could read the whole of Genesis chapter 5 for day 5. And so, Genesis chapter 5 verses 24 says, Enoch walked faithfully with God and then he was no more because God took him away. Goes on to say, the author writes that in this fifth chapter of Genesis, we are given the record of families from Adam to Noah. Uh, genealogies aren't always something that we get excited about, but please linger over this section. Like family trees are rich proof of God's faithfulness to his people and tucked in this list in Genesis chapter 5 is a man named Enoch. So what we know about Enoch is light in quantity and heavy in quality that he is mentioned in only a few verses but the writer of Hebrews tells us Enoch pleased God and because Enoch pleased God he didn't experience death. Genesis says this that God took him away in Genesis 5 24 you know the concept of being taken away baffles scholars like no one is really sure what that means but here's what I know so the author is saying that the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 5 that Enoch was one who pleases God the next verse gives us more insight into that pleasing that without faith it is impossible to please God in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 and so with faith it is possible to please God Genesis says Enoch walk with God the Hebrew word for walk is halak and is used to describe ongoing intimacy with God Putting these verses together, we learn something important about Enoch. Walking faithfully, intimately with God pleases him. So do we want to please God? We may ask ourselves, or we should ask ourselves. And then all we have to do is just stay in step with God. Stay in step with him. We can walk, walk where he would walk spend time with him in his word and do it faithfully day in and day out even if it's difficult at times this is another lesson from the life of Enoch how he walked with God during a time and in a culture that had turned from God seeking their own pleasures and fame remember this was before the flood which represented God's judgment against wicked generations. Few followed God back then, and Enoch was a part of the few. Yes, scripture may give us little detail about Enoch, but knowing that he was faithful teaches us about how to please God. And so, a prayer that we can say is, Dear God, I want to please you with my life. I want to be found a faithful follower, walking in step with you. Help me to see that. Help me to see you, to, to, to walk where you would walk and linger where you would linger and love those you would love. In Jesus' name, amen.
and we can just reflect on this. How does our life show that we want to please God? And so, moving on to day six. Day six, the author writes, conformed or transformed. And in day six, we could read all of Genesis chapter six. All right, so Genesis six verses nine lets us know that Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with God. Now the author goes on and saying I absolutely love the way this verse describes Noah. Righteous, different than those around him, a faithful follower of God. He had issues like we all do but his obedience to the Lord shines from the pages of God's word and will forever be recorded as such. But while we applaud him now, we need to remember Noah stuck out like a like a sore thumb at the time that we know this because scripture contrasts him against the other people of that day several times. Um, In second Peter two and five, it says God did not spare the ancient world when He brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. And then Hebrews 11 verses 7 says that by his faith, Noah condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. And so Noah's obedience to God probably didn't make him the most popular guy but it did allow him to find favor in the eyes of the Lord, according to Genesis 6 and 8. So it can be hard to to be a Christian today when the message we get from the world is don't cause waves, don't stand out, don't stand up, don't rock the boat of norm in any way, just go with the flow. But that's not what God calls us to. He calls us to a Noah-like faith, one that follows the wisdom found in Romans 12 and 2 that says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And not that we, we walk around criticizing others, but that we are steadfast in our pure, pure pursuit of living out the truth and grace from God's word. Conformed or transformed, the choice is ours. If we want to be a sold out somebody for God, then we have to break away from the everybody crowd. And so a prayer that we can say is, Dear Lord, I'm tired of conforming to the patterns of this world. Please transform me through the power of your Holy Spirit so that like Noah we can find favor in your eyes in Jesus name amen and we can just reflect on this and saying you know in what area of our lives do we need to stop conforming and start transforming transforming and so we're gonna end it right 
there on today tomorrow we'll pick up back um, with day seven and so on and so forth okay so i hope and pray that you know you are being blessed as i know i am with diving through god's word with this bible reading plan and it's so much fun to me it's exciting always to read god's word okay and we're drawing closer and closer to him deepening our relationship with him when we do this okay so just continue and stick with it y'all okay so we will continue back on tomorrow all right so just be able to you know if you know someone who needs to hear this you know go ahead and share you know this episode with someone with your friend family member neighbor hater whoever just go ahead and share it and also you know um you could you know send any comments to me on social media as well um hit me up on my instagram or facebook um you know and just let me know and also um you know subscribe to this podcast as well you know um you can um you know that way you will never miss an episode that comes out okay so go ahead and subscribe okay and um or follow me on uh spotify however it is okay so go right ahead and do that and um i will truly appreciate it all right so i love you guys but god loves you more and listen stay blessed stay healthy stay uplifted all right peace love and blessings this is your girl monique signing off i just want to say this podcast is really uplifting the tips monique gives are really helpful after it's always helpful in the morning after my prayer and reading my devotion on my bible this is the first thing i listen to and it's always uplifting if I don't get a like a morning message. The tips are always helpful. Um, it is uplifting. I love the more the prayers in the beginning, and I just hope that this podcast continues to grow because it really has been a staple in my life.